You are listening to a message from Victory. We hope it inspires you to honor God and make disciples in your community. First and second week, we always go back to Ephesians 5, verse 31. And it says here, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is God's original design. We keep on going back to how God designed marriage. We keep, we keep on going back on how God has destined uh, me and my wife to go to a, a covenant of blessing with Him so that He will be with us. And that is the design that we want to emphasize this, this evening or this afternoon. So today, are you guys excited to talk about love? We're going to talk about relationships. And we're talking about sex. Yes, we're talking about sex. I know it's a very affordable word. I, I remember this morning, I, was, uh, I started preaching at 9 a.m. At 9 a.m., I, I said it this way. We're going to talk about sex. And at 11, it was getting stronger. Now, I can say it clearly. We're going to talk about sex. Because the Bible gives us guidelines about sex, about relationships, and how God wants us to go back to the original design. So our message for today starts in a verse in Ephesians 5, verse 3. It says here, But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among the saints. Can I ask everyone to please bow down their heads as we devote this time in prayer? Heavenly Father, thank you that you are a loving Father to us. Thank you, God, that you want to bring us back to where you or how you designed love marriage, and even sex. Thank you, Father God, that you're going to speak to this church, Lord God, no matter if they are singles, if they're married, if they're married with grandchildren, this word is always applicable to everyone because this is your word. Thank you, Father. You're going to penetrate our hearts, our bones, our marrows, and going to speak to us individually wherever situation we are. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Do you know why we start the Selfless series or a love series during this month of Feb? We do that because we call February the love month. And as we say, we call it Feb-E-Big. Feb-E-Big. It's a love month. And what better way to start the preaching on a love month is to share my love story. Are you guys interested with my love story? Yeah, all right. So it was uh, 1984 when, uh, <laughs> okay, this is my love story. This is my beautiful wife, and uh, her name's not Kayla Reyna, parents of Kayla Reyna. All right, that's my beautiful wife, Pam. I just want to make sure. That's my beautiful wife, Pam. We've been married for seven years, going eight, getting stronger by the day, by the minute, by the second. And uh, you know what? Before this picture, this was a vacation that we had last year. Before this picture, of course, we were also in a time of being uh, of me pursuing her. And guess what? I pursued her for three years. If you're a single girl here, the word is pursue. Let men pursue you. Make sure they pursue you. You don't pursue them. Okay? So I pursued my uh, crush then, Pam, to be my girlfriend for three years. And for 30 more times, she rejected me. 30 times. I keep on asking that day. One, 
Oh, tay, can we be together? No! Can we be together? <laughs> so it was, a, it was a series naman, no? It wasn't just one day. So we were, I was, I was, uh, uh, parang bumabalik yung hurt. <laughs> okay, sabi ko kanina, no? I was telling uh, a few friends this morning, whenever she said no, I would always go back to God and say, Lord, this is your battle, not mine. <laughs> okay, maliba yun. Alright, so, for, uh, Naubos oras ko dito. Okay. You know what? We also endured LDR. What's LDR? Long distance relationship. I got a job. I got a job offer. And I had to fly overseas. We were apart. It was, uh, it was difficult. I was based in a different country. In a different time zone. Cebu was very far. It was one hour away. And it was really a struggle for me to wake up and check... What time is it in Manila? What time is it in Quezon City? So we endured that. But you know what? Eventually, we got engaged in 2008. 2009, July, we got married after nine months. And a lot of us would say, May forever. Hashtag, May forever. And some of us would say, It's probably a Macdo story. Because Jollibee stories won't end up this way. Right? <laughs> and... Uh, you know what? Despite the cheesy lines, despite the love stories that you hear among your friends, your relatives, I've read an article the other week while I was preparing for this preaching, and it was an article about marriages declining. And the article was entitled, I Don't, Why Some Filipinos Don't Marry. You would see there's a declining trend going down from uh, male and female, late 20s, early 20s, late 30s, Everyone's not getting married. It's not the same as before. Before, there was a stable trend. <coughs> but now you would see there's a decline in marriage. And as you read through the article, I want to share with you the word cohabitation. They said that they'd rather cohabitate. Trial and error. Meaning, they're okay to just live in than to get into marriage. And this is what I call a distorted view of marriage. We talked about God's design in Ephesians 5.3. We talked about God calling people together to be one. And this is the lie that the world tells us. This is the distorted view. You know, last Monday, it's our, um, uh, what do we call it? Monday, our Sabbath. That's my date day with my wife. And 12 of my cars are all color-coded. <laughs> so, they're joking, 11 lang, 11 lang. So, 12, 11 of my cars are color-coded. So we had to take Uber. <laughs> Uber. So we took Uber. And on our way home, I was, uh, when we were seated in, a, in the vehicle, the driver was listening to a, an FM station. And it was drama. I didn't know meron pa palang mga uh, drama. So yung dramatization ng girl, sabi niya dun sa guy, bakit ba ayaw mo nilang ibigay? Hindi nga kita kayang sagutin. Gusto ko lang naman yung... Uh, ikaw, parang ganun. So it was confusing. And then after that, there was a music that, that uh, summarized the dramatization. And then the DJ said, Alam nyo, hindi ang sex ay hindi para sa trip-trip lang. So I go, wow, I think she has a good perspective of uh, what sex is or what relationships are. And then she followed up with, Ang sex ay para sa dalawang taong nagmamahalan. And it was really a shock for me because a lot of people were listening. I was listening. 
unintentionally I was in that car, but a lot of the youth, even married people, are listening to this. And they might be accepting this as a norm. When you say, ah, okay, it's for two people who don't, for as long as you love each other, sex is permissible, but it's not. The Bible tells us in Ephesians 5.3 that they have to be united as one through the covenant of marriage. I like what uh, Pastor Dennis' book, uh, Great Sex, his book with his uh, wife, Tammy, uh, it says in page 20, the world describes sex as self-gratification. What does that mean? It's more of, I want. I want to have it. What can I get from it? It's consumer mentality. And that's why you see billboards of half-naked women. That's why you see billboards or commercials about uh, with uh, women with revealing clothes so that they can sell more. And that's the, that's the premise of it. For singles, what he's saying is, I can have sex with anyone I want for as long as he's, per- he's okay with it. And for married people, I can have sex even though my wife is not okay or not in the moon. Or if she doesn't give that to me, I can look for that outside. This is a distorted view. And I like what Paul wrote in Romans uh, chapter 1, verse 24. It says here, Therefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their heart to impurity, to dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and worshipped and served the creatures rather than the Creator who is blessed forever. Exchanging God's truth for a lie, the the original design for a counterfeit one. One of the biggest lies in the world is that we should get what we want. If we love it, we get it. But that is the wrong definition of love. So as we go to the Word today, this is my challenge. As you sit there, just try to have a heart check. Try to have a heart check and ask yourselves, do I have the right perspective of God's original design? Or am I on the other side where I'm living in a distorted view of how God designed it really? As we go to Ephesians 5.3, our main text, it says here, But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not, be, must not even be named among you, as is proper among saints. You know, this was Paul writing to the church of Ephesus. Ephesus is found in Asia Minor, and it was actually a huge metropolis, and most of the people there were worshipping a god named Diana. And they were permitting male to go into sexual relations with prostitutes because they believed that as they uh, have immorality or as they have a sexual encounter with these prostitutes, they will get closer to Diana. And that was their belief. Paul was saying to the church of Ephesus, to the believers that, hey, you're no longer like them. You are set apart. And I want to share with you how you have to live your life. And it says here, number one, Sexual immorality. He wants us to avoid sexual immorality. What sexual immorality? It's that it's any sexual sin that covers from not being married, which is fornication if you're not yet married. It's adultery if you're married and you've, if you have an affair with someone outside your, between you and your wife. And it's also perversion. This is what we see in the TVs. This is what we see in, in sex trafficking. I was watching the news the other day. They caught another person who was um, <coughs> hiding a few young girls. 
This is sexual immorality. The next is impurity. Impurity in uh, in in Romans one twenty six, it says here, men exchange their natural relations to unnatural. Women exchange their natural relations to unnatural. What does that mean? Paul was talking about homosexuality, and the Bible calls it impurity, and also lesbianism. This is what Romans chapter 1 verse 26 was talking about. And covetousness. Covetousness is what drives the pursuit to do these things. It's it what's it what's okay. What drives the pursuit of unclean behavior? Covetousness. The Bible tells us, Thou shalt not covet your neighbor's wife. Okay. So why is Paul pleading very intently for this? Why is he telling us, avoid it? It must not have a hint in another version. It says here, you must not even be named among you. When a person sees you, you should not have a hint of these three things. Why? Because it has a damaging effect in our lives. I like this uh, article shared by uh, Pastor Ryan when we were talking about this preaching. He said, this was a follow-up of the Ashley Madison information leak. Ashley Madison is a infidelity website that has 30 million names, 30 million different individuals registered to a site hoping that nobody would know that they were enrolled, looking at porn, they were in their minds, infidelity could only be online. At least it's not true. And that's what's in their mind. You know what? It was leaked six months ago. And this writer, uh, his name is uh, Tom Lamont, followed up after the wreckage. And research shows that there were a lot of resignations. There were a lot of uh, divorces. And worse, there were a lot of people who committed suicide. This is what sexual immorality, impurity, and covetousness can do to our lives. And that's why Paul is very much specific and targeting that we learn this today. Next, in verse 4, you may just say, Bro, I'm all talk. Wala money. I don't do it. I'm not... I mean, it's all jokes. When I'm in the office, it's just green jokes. I don't do it. But in verse 4, it says here, Let there no filth nor foolish talk nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead, let there be thanksgiving. So Paul's call for us this afternoon is for us to not do this. And what is that in one word? Paul's call for each and every one of us is to be pure. And the good thing about being pure is that we can go back to the original design. We can go back to where God designed it and learn how we should do it. And that's why I like iPhones because there's a reset button that you can go back. No matter how distorted it is, we can always go back and say, Lord, clarify things. I want to learn what is true so I can follow you. Pure. Paul calls us to be pure. What is being pure? Being sanctified. These are the words that are equated to pure. Being holy. And when you say you are sanctified and holy, what the Bible is saying is you are set apart. You are set apart to how God designed it. He's taking you out of the world. He wants you to go back in how He designed you. 
And as we go through this, I hope you guys uh, take note of this. Pure. First one is passion. All of us, we're all passionate about something. Uh, this morning, I saw some people who are passionate about photography, people who are passionate about uh, video games, business, making reading books, collecting. We're all passionate about something. But the question is, in our passion, are there passions that are ungodly? Are all of this righteous for God? I like what Second um, uh, Timothy says, Second Timothy verse, chapter two, verse twenty-two. So flee youthful passions and pursue pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Flee a youthful passion and pursue godly passion. Uh, Pastor Jim Lafoon, one of our Every Nation prophets and teachers, said, "It's not a battle of purity, but a battle of passion." So how? Are you passionate for God? If you're passionate for God, if you're passionate for the Word, you seek Him, you get discipled, you're in a victory group, there's no room for, for defiling God. There's no room for looking at porn. There's no room for flirting with someone. The question is, are you that passionate to know God? Are you that passionate in your relationship with God? Okay. Passionate lang. Okay. Second point. Unashamed. As we go back to the main verse, now we are at uh, verse 6 to 7. It says here, Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partners with them. Standing firm for what you believe in, for what, has, what, for what God has called you to do. Unashamed for what you stand for. You know, avoid people who would tell you, alam mo yung Bible, wala na yan. Di na yan applicable. Nung time lang yan ni Paul. Nung time lang yan ng disciples. But now, it's different. Yung live-in, practical na lang yan. Wala ka pang gastos. You just live in. Avoid people who deceive you of the truth. I remember this story. Uh, one of my friends from um, the office I used to work in, we were talking about um, technically, a person who reports to him, a girl. And I was telling him, bro, I've been noticing that she keeps on uh, joining this guy for lunch and they would tell us that they're in this area and I caught them in this area. So in short, I was telling him, bro, check her because I think uh, she's not doing, that's not right. So that was the term. And I was surprised that my friend told me, you know what? If she's happy, I'd support her. I know she's not happy at home. That's why I'm, I'm okay that she does this. And I was really surprised. I was really shocked. And for a moment there, I really thought, or is he really saying this to me? You know, after a few months, I just learned from my friend that he was also having an adulterous affair six, six, six years prior to this. And the only person who knew that was this girl. They were both covering up their, their, their sin. They were both covering up what they were doing. And why? Because they were able to deceive themselves that what's important is what makes me happy. And if my friend would understand that, alam mo yung feeling na may kakampi ka na? 
And we have to be careful for the with the friends that we have. We have to be careful with you know, who the pe- who with the people that, that we hang out with. You know, about this story, I also want to share with you another story. It's coming. There. I was in Davao. And I was in a sales conference meeting. So it's a whole day with, the, with the, all the bosses. I was there. We were talking about it. I was reporting to the vice president then. That's why I was there. And after the long meeting, usually we'd hang out. And we just, you know, try not to talk about work. And during that time, I remember one of the girls was teasing uh, one of my office mates to, uh, to the other office mate. So I think you would say that it's harmless. But really, he was teasing a married guy with another married girl in our team. And I, I initially, I knew that it wasn't right. And I really had to say my piece. I needed to say what my stand was. Because I know that I'm not ashamed of what I believe in. But there was three things in my mind. Number one, they would tell me, I'm self-righteous mo naman. Sino ba para to tell me the pati ba naman yung jokes ko? Hindi, mo pwede, hindi ko pwedeng sabihin yan. That was the first. Second, baka mawalan ako ng friends. Baka hindi na nila ako kausapin. They'd stop talking to me. They'd stop talking to me. And third, the, the guy who was being teased, I rode with him from the office to the airport. Baka wala akong kasabay pabalik. So, but anyway... I mustered all my uh, strength, courage, Lord, give me courage. And I spoke life to them. You know what? Pwede bang wag ganyan ng biro? We can uh, kid about a lot of things, but not about that. They're married. That's not something to joke about. Ang ganda, I like their reaction. Sabi nila. <laughs> and tinuloy nila. Okay. So I really felt good. I go, Lord, thank you for the courage. And... I remember vividly, I told my boss, Sir, akit na po ako, um, tulog na ako. Tapos na-realize ko, 6 o'clock, hindi pa pala kami kumakain. So, parang, sana, hindi ko na lang muna sinabi, inantay ko muna yung dinner, bago ko na. But anyway, I was, I was, I was um, relieved that I said it. I, I was relieved that I stood my ground. I, I was relieved that I shared it. And I remember vividly that I called my wife about it. Because I was bothered. But you know what? After this incident, other meetings, when I get in, they would really, literally stop. Parang may pumasok na something, parang may police. Guys. Which had an effect in them. And I'm happy that they're like that. I'm happy that when somebody sees them, they would stop. Unfortunately, I can't be there forever, but I'm still happy I stood my ground. So let's not be unashamed of what we believe in. Next is redeemed. The third word is redeemed. Ephesians 5.8 For at one time you were in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good, right, and true. I remember this one time. How how many of you are familiar with uh, Starbucks Wilson? Starbucks Wilson just recently opened um, last year. Last year, so a, f- uh, a couple friend of mine uh, went there for their date night. They were there hanging out. If this is the if this is the table of the couple friend, the the wife was sitting here. It's a round table. The husband was sitting here. It's a small table. 
And then there's this girl who barges in with her um, shorts with pockets longer. So, so she walks in. Buti nga, I was telling my friend, buti nga, the pocket is longer. Kasi ngayon, I heard the coin pocket daw is longer na than the shorts. So, she walks in, sits here in the view of my friend who seated here, and immediately, the Holy Spirit prompted him to stand up, transfer seats, where there was a better view. Where he was uh, actually... <laughs> I'm just trying to check if you guys are listening. He transferred seats so that he won't see the girl in shorts. What happened there? God reminded him that he's a new creation. He's redeemed already. His old, his old uh, ways are not his ways anymore. And you know what happened? The wife told him, Thank you. I appreciate what you did. He is already a changed man. And like before, when, when, when an opportunity of uh, sightseeing would come, they would say that they would say that it's the second look that let, that lets you sin. So what they would do is not take their eyes off, so that it's only one look. <laughs> but my friend has been redeemed. My friend has been redeemed. God changed my friend, transformed him, and his wife noticed it, and his wife appreciated it. Lastly, exclusive, exclusive. Hebrews 13, 4 says here, Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and the adulterers. I like what Pastor Larry was saying in the uh, 2.30 and 1 p.m. service. He was saying that if there's something that would be of high value in his house, that would be the marriage bed, because it is held in high honor. I like the illustration of Pastor Dennis on this. Creating healthy boundaries. You know, what's the feeling that after this service, you go home, get to your house, open the door, and you notice there's no roof. Open the house, you notice there's no walls. It's a feeling of being unsafe. And these are the reasons why we have boundaries. We want to have boundaries so that we can protect the things that we love. We can protect the things that matter to us. I want to share with you a few boundaries that my wife and I have. Number one, no female sits in front beside me in my car if she's not there. And if she's there, she's not So no other female will sit right beside me unless it's a relative. My lola is fine. Hindi nai, sabi po ni Pam, bawal po kayo, maglakad po kayo. So hindi naman pwedeng ganun. Okay. Second, of the, some of the things that we have agreed on are boundaries. All access. I have all access in my wife's phone. She has all access in my, in my phone. Why? Not because she wants to check it, but because I want her to trust me in it. She can see whatever I, I do with my phone. She can see whatever I uh, search. She can see everything that I, I can do with um, social media, Facebook. She sees my Facebook, Instagram. Uh, Friendster, multiply. Yan. So, yan po yung mga social media platforms ko. Okay. Now, if you're single, this is of top priority. Set your boundaries. If you don't have a boyfriend or a girlfriend, set it high. It's not something that can be negotiated as you go along. Make sure you have uh, decided to do it. You have 
set it already. Purity is very important. I remember this um, one of my. This is about parents this time. I remember I used to work for a motivational speaker way, way back. And I attended a parenting talk with him. And he wasn't giving um, tips, but he was actually telling a story. And the story was about his eldest son having the first girlfriend. So what he did was, sabi niya, oh, invite your girlfriend to the house. So he invited the girlfriend to the house. And when they got there, sabi niya, Iha, welcome to our house. This is uh, our house. This is that's the bedroom, the kitchen, the restroom, the powder room. But you're only allowed in two areas. The living room and the restroom. Number two, rule number two. Iha, you're also allowed here if we are here. If we're not here, sorry, no access. And then third, Iha, even though we're here, we have to be awake. We can't be asleep when you're here. You want to make sure that you're here because he was actually talking about the purity of his kids and he was also concerned about it. As parents, we can drive this. We have to give them boundaries as young as they are. We have to give them what they need to learn, how they do it, and we have to be the best example of purity to them. I remember my boss also told his son, Iho, anak, may unigo iho. When your girlfriend is here, two reminders. Number one, never use shorts. Number two, wear skinny jeans and belt. Because shorts drops off easily. Yun yung sinabi niya. <laughs> Kilala mo bro. Okay. As we summarize our uh, preaching today, pure passion for God, unashamed of what we believe in, redeemed. You're no longer your old self. You're new. And lastly, exclusive. But you know what? We don't end there. Paul actually gave us the antidote to run or flee from all this that he wants us to flee from. Ephesians 4, Ephesians 5, 4 to 5 says here, Let there no be uh, filthiness nor foolish talk. We discussed that. Nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, get this, instead... Let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ. Paul's practical advice is to remain pure. Yes, but his antidote to that is thanksgiving. Thanksgiving says, I'm complete in Christ, that I don't need anything else. When we, when we are satisfied in Christ, this puts us in a position to give love rather than to get. When we are satisfied in Christ, we are full of Him, and that's why we can give to others. Thankfulness says that God is the satisfaction of my longings. But maybe the question is, bro, okay, I'm thankful, Lord, thank you, but I still feel the urge. I still feel that I'm not I'm, I'm still the same. Or Sexual immorality is there. It's still an option. The question is, what am I thankful for in Christ? And that is the biggest question. You know, as I end, I want to show you this picture. This is a picture of a slave girl in the United States. Um, 
it happened, this incident happened when slaves were, le- were legal. Having slaves in the United States were legal. And I remember the story goes something like this, that a, a tourist was just passing by and he saw a bidding of slaves. And you know what, what he saw? The picture of the bidding was men were actually checking the merchandise. What does that mean? Men were defiling the women. They were, he were, they were checking them physically. They were looking at them lustfully. And this was the situation of the bidding. And as he was just gonna go and just leave the scene, he saw this young girl bow down their head, fearful, afraid, afraid of, of what will happen after the bid. He was so afraid of uh, just being bought. And the guy had compassion. As soon as the girl went up, it was his, her turn. Even before people could check the merchandise, even, even before men could take a hold of her, the guy bid triple the amount that everyone has bid for the day. She was so, uh, she was so startled, the, the initial thing that went to her mind was, Oh man, this, is, this guy is a hardcore. Ano to siguro? Lagot talaga ako dito? Anong gagawin sa akin ito? The thoughts that was in her mind was defiling, being defiled. Her future was going to end. She doesn't have a future anymore. And that was the thoughts that in her mind. She was chained, tied up. And when they said, go to your new master, she was looking down. And when the guy told her, follow me, out of frustration, desperation, and fear, she spit on the guy. The guy just wiped the spit off and brought her to an area where they would release the papers. During that time, you needed a, a paper, which is similar to a deed of sale right now. Finished the transaction. The girl was waiting, fearful of what would happen. As soon as the guy got the paper, she told the girl, I bought you for a price. Now you're free. Nobody can enslave you anymore for as long as you have this paper. And the girl was shocked. Shocked to the core. She was, I, I just can't believe it. Now you're telling me I have a future? Now you're telling me I'm not a slave anymore? Now you're telling me that I can live a life after me spitting at you, after me thinking about those thoughts? There's a new tomorrow? This was the reality. When she was holding the paper, she was about to cry. She knelt down in front of the man, cried. She kept on repeating this word. She was saying, You have bought me to make me free. You have bought me to make me free. And you know what her last statement was? You have bought me to make me free. I will serve you forever. And this is a picture of what Christ has done in our lives. This is a picture of what Jesus has done when He died on a cross for you. And that's why when we say we are thankful to God and I can live pure and holy... That means He has bought you with a price even though it was not your choice. Even though you weren't asking Him for redemption. He bought you anyway. God wanted to cleanse that girl. And just like us, God has transformed us, made us new, made us white as snow. Not because we asked for it, but because God chose to do it for us. And that's why when we are thankful to God, we can live A pure and holy life. Our gratitude can push us to live a holy life and say, Lord, 
I will worship you forever. Lord, I will serve you forever. Amen? I hope you got that. Pure. Let's all stay pure. And I hope you don't forget the reason of our purity is through being selfless and thankful for what God has done on the cross. Thank you, Father. As we declare, you are a great God. Thank you, Lord, that even in our darkest hour, even in our shame, Lord, you cleansed us. You made us a new creation, Father. Thank you, God, that we can declare that we are forgiven because of what you have done on the cross. Lord, these are your people, Lord God. Thank you for reminding them of who you are, Jesus. Can I ask everyone to just surrender this day? As an act of surrender, can we lift up our hands and say, Lord, thank you that even our purity, Lord, you are concerned of. Thank you, God, that purity is not just physical, Lord, but it happens in our soul. It happens in our spirit, Lord God. And thank you that we can run back to you. You can redeem us, Lord God. There's a reset button because of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for what you have done on the cross. Thank you for listening to this message. For more messages like these from other Victory Centers, please visit victory.org.ph resources podcasts.